So we've got, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest dynamic causes that is happening right now as we speak is the abortion debate. You know, you, you would think that, you know, when Roe v. Wade came out in 73, uh, the, the argument, you know, everyone's thought, okay, well, the matter is settled. You want an abortion, you can get an abortion. And uh, here are the basic parameters of it. You know, first trimester, that's fine. After that, we're not, we're not fine with that, and, and so on. And then something went weird. It, it just became, and it was like a flurry of activity in the past year or so. I'm speaking right now in, in June of 2019. So, you know, good for the last summer of 2018 to the present. There's been this kind of new dynamic that has unfolded. And it's a, it's a dynamic where, on the one hand, uh, conservative states like Georgia, Missouri, and otherwise have really pushed for no abortion whatsoever, uh, saying that no, uh, any abortion of any kind is uh, improper, or at the very least, limiting it even more so than it has been, so, so that it's up to the heartbeat, heartbeat abortions. Um, in other words, if there's an abortion while the, the fetus has heartbeat, that's, that's illegal. If it's before the heartbeat, then it's okay. Anyway, so that became an extreme all of a sudden. But, but before that extreme happened, there was also the liberal extreme, right? The one where they said you can have an abortion anytime, anywhere, for any reason, okay? Weird. It, it, do you remember this? It was a flurry of activity. Virginia... New York, I think Vermont, California, California, but California has has had Already it in all books it, for a yeah. long, long time. But they, but there was also it goes back a little further than that. And, and Illinois, Illinois also. tried to pass the law. This is the one Obama voted president on as a state senator, where they said a baby born in a botched abortion had to be saved. Right. An alive baby. Right. 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 And because there was a circumstance, and mm -hmm. this is incredibly gruesome what I'm about to say, it's not gazelle gruesome, but it is gruesome in which there were babies born alive that were, if you will, not the choice, and they were literally put in a closet to die, <sighs> an agonizing death of uh, dehydrated or whatever kills a newborn baby. I imagine any human being neglected without food. Or I got water. it. Yeah, I know. Okay, so that's one thing. The question becomes why. Uh, I've got my own kind of immediate response. I could, I could be wrong. But my immediate impulse is to say that there was, because it's only because of the timing, Ari, uh, there was a concern after Kavanaugh was nominated and eventually um, confirmed. Seated. Yeah, yeah, seated with the Supreme Court that, gosh, you know, what's going to happen if and when Ruth Bader Ginsburg goes and, or retires, and uh, that would just mean the end of abortion, or at least abortion rights. And so, therefore, let's let's race to make abortion legal all the way up, and, and just kind of go all the way there. So, I I'm thinking that it was a reaction to the Kavanaugh nomination because they were so concerned about Ginsburg dying. Um, what do you think about that? I think that's definitely an element. Yeah. Uh, I'm know, sure it's not Trump's, the only thing. Trump's, Trump's victory at all. Yeah. Is, uh, well, the other, element, the other element would be the progressive mindset, generally speaking, which is just going like a train just that's speeding yeah. ever more into the cliff, right? I yeah. mean, it's just it's so weird. Yeah, Go gay ahead. marriage, transgender rights, bathroom rights, locker room rights, women's sports are now fluid sports. You know, right. Uh, yeah, of course that's a dynamic. But a little histor historical beyond the... Illinois situation was let's remember some three historical markers really briefly. One is the Wendy Davis abortion Barbie filibuster of the Texas law a few years ago where they tried to pass a law saying any abortion clinic must have admitting pr uh, privileges at a local hospital. Boy, how unreasonable. Save a woman with quick introduction to a hospital if something goes wrong in a surgical procedure. Right? And remember the Democrats filibustered that. The second is, of course, Gosnell. 
Right. I don't need to say anymore. Then the third is, of course, the exposure of the Planned Parenthood baby part scandal. Right. And I think the left had to react to these three things, knowing that these were the real cultural threats to the acceptance of abortion, above and beyond legislative and judicial threats to abortion. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I buy that. I think it's uh, so. It's a combination of factors, as it often is. Um, it's it's just very weird, and the abortion debate seems to be really just ramping up. Um, and all the more, it's 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 weird. It's it's even weir- weirder than that, Ari. Because here's what I'm thinking: as we proceed in the many decades now, I guess four decades since Roe v. Wade, each new decade showed more and more clearly that, uh, in fact. The fetus was uh, was a real living life. Uh, you could you could hear the heartbeat. You could I mean, in, this, in 1973, you couldn't necessarily hear the heartbeat in the same way that you could today, or at least discover. You heard a heartbeat when she was when the mother was what four or five months along, six months along. Then you could put a stethoscope and hear boo 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 boo, that which is easy enough. But now we know that heartbeat happens much earlier than we thought. We see pictures of the fetus, um, so it's. It's a weird dynamic because on the one hand, we see more and more of the uh, ascending humanity of a, of a fetus. And then on the other hand, uh, there's a, more of a cruel approach to that, that fetus too. The, the, there's a more callousness, there's a coldness that goes toward the way we view the fetus. Do you well, see even what I'm calling it a fetus? Why use the Latin word for baby? Right, why not right. use exactly. baby? Baby, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm using their words, their words, yes, wor- their words purposefully. But they they, um, they they seem to be more and more callous to the womb, as it were. Right. And, and, it's, and the people who love science seem to treat as anathema each of these scientific innovations. When we had our second child, the we even had color pictures of the of our baby. Yes. Oh, that's right. Not just a black and white you know scan of you know sound waves bouncing back and creating this image. Yeah. But literally a color picture of her face. Right. I mean, your your, wow. your, your second child is the same age as my third child, and they're in fact in the same. Class, I think, right? Yes. And so I, I remember that, you know, getting the, the new technology that, that was available to our younger children. Uh, and it was really remarkable how much more advanced it was than even my second child, who was only four years older than my third child. So, I mean, and presumably the advance is even greater now, which is, you know, our, our youngest children are seven years old. So, seven years, I mean, if a woman were to be pregnant today she, and she wanted the baby, of course, she could see uh, presumably amazing things. Um, so, what does it do to to you when you when you realize this? I mean, I, I don't know. It's anyway. There's I want, there's a comment that a um, I heard this from the Ben Shapiro show. There was a woman, one of the heads of the pro life, uh, sorry, the the pro choice movement, where she was very clearly saying, look. Uh, you know, it, it's a killing, no matter what. I mean, let's let's face it. Let's call a spade a spade. This is a killing. Uh, but but so what? Uh, you know, we we are constantly making and destroying life all you know together, and this is just part of the process. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was it was so breathtaking in its honesty. Um, I'm really you got to give that to her. But the way she spoke about it um, in a, such a cavalier way. Um, yeah, it's killing. So what? You know, we, you know, it's it's not wanted. The child is not wanted. So f you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, at least they're calling it for what it is. It's a great moment in history. It, it is a great moment. Finally, broken through the last frontier yeah. of their uh, feigned apprehension, and now it, it's you know, and this is great. And it's all over the concert. The uh, uh, progressive and Democrat leftist wrongest movement, AOC and Ilan Omar finally taking the mask completely off the tolerance of the party for Islamic supremacy and communism. Right, right, and the and uh, and, and anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism. Yeah. Uh, the Democrat Party going full anti-God, anti-Israel. The uh, way on the one hand. They claim global warming is going to murder us in 25, 12, 13, 7, 8, 5 years and saying the science is settled and then ignoring the continually improving science on this issue. On on every issue under the sun, 
their movement is bursting through the final barriers that concealed the truth of it. This Just this morning, a uh, piece of news came out out of Denver. Uh, you remember when they elected a socialist city councilwoman to the Seattle Oh, this city is the council? communist one. They the now elected a communist yeah. one who used the words dismantle the, the capitalist economy by all means necessary. And right. they elected her to the Denver City Council. They're now, these Democrats are finally fully take off the mask in every regard, and the abortion issue is on the vanguard of all of their issues, of course. It's, a, it's the single issue that elects Democrats in perpetuity in the L.A. area. Well, not only that, we but it's also the, in the sex world where uh, they're now teaching in the in, starting September of 2019, they're going to be requiring this um, a new curriculum, new sex ed curriculum, where they're going to be talking about anal and oral and vaginal sex as though they're all equally fine, you know, no big whoop, uh, no context that it, sex is best during marriage, uh, vaginal sex is safer, monogamous sex is safer. Um, and just it, better and better for civilization, for that matter. No, no, no. They they are encouraging kids as young as fourth and fifth grade to engage in what's called condom relay races. Have you heard about this? Yeah. So where they, you know, it's you know, use your imagination. But the, what they're doing is that they line up, and there's a male mannequin or just a dildo. I'm sorry. A, a, what do you what do you call it? That a penis type phallic thing and it looks you know with appropriate testicles and everything else and it's, it's somewhat lifelike and and uh, you're supposed to put a condom on this this uh, fake penis and you're supposed to do it right and if you don't do it right um, then the teacher you know sends you back in line you have to keep on doing it until you do get it right and if you do get it right of course uh, you go back uh, to the line and you high five the next person who is uh, you know who's going to be abused <laughs> as a result of this process it's very weird, and these kids have—I don't know. This is going to so f them up. I—I I, I don't even know where to begin with how wrong this is. And the—the the mask is off. I mean, that's what prompts me to to say, like you said, the, this any veneer that somehow there was something good that can come out of this, or that this is really this is not anti-Semitism. It just looks like anti-Semitism. No, we. This is not, uh, you know, affirmative action is not racism, but but it just it looks like it. Um, you know, abortion is not uh, killing a life. Well, it is killing a life. You yeah, know? Well, it was affirmative action, but I think the analogy you're looking for on that one is now you they teach overtly anti-white Yes, behavior. well, that's what I'm saying. Not just the elevation of a black guy who may or may not be qualified just because he's black, which was the failing of affirmative action, but at least right. it wasn't overtly against another race. Now you have yoga classes counting. Whiteness, whiteness is treated as toxicity. So then you, you also know, have black lives. Off. Black yeah. lives matter. What what they really mean is only black lives matter, right? Uh, or if you're you know transgender, that's I suppose that also matters uh, among the only things that matter. So there's a hierarchy of of things, and you know you've got to you know adopt the game. Uh, the transgender thing is to me one of the most frightening aspects of it. I, I don't even know where to begin with it, but so I'll just start anywhere. The notion. That uh, you know, men and women are fluid, and they can go back and forth. It's, it's such a defiance of reality that it opens up the doors to just about anything you could possibly want. If if you can convince somebody that somehow saying that a man has a penis does not scientifically prove that he's a man, right? <laughs> if you, if you can if you can argue that. With a straight face, then you can say anything with, with a straight face. You could say the sun does not rise in the east and does not set in the west. You could you could rise. You could argue uh, that um, I don't know that America doesn't exist as a country. You can argue. I mean, you name it. You've got it. That's right. Okay. America has always been a pressure nation. Global warming is going to kill us all. Men and women aren't men and women based on their plumbing. It's how they feel. Uh, well, no, you can you can also ever, you can ever, invent history. You can you can right. you can say that Israel came in with a bunch of uh, you know crusader types who you know invaded uh, what is now Israel and 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 kicked <laughs> and raped and maimed and everything. All these Palestinian women and men. And, uh, and they're so innocent, and, and that story can just stick. It doesn't matter whether or not there's actual 
facts to support right. that at all, because apparently there's not there's there are not even facts to support the suggestion that a man is a man because he has a penis, or a woman with a vagina. It's it it's just that bizarre. Yeah. So the veneer is off when when people start saying these things. The, the God thing in 2012, the Israel thing in 2012, the De- Democratic National Con- uh, Com- Convention is what you were referring to. Yeah. And I remember um, seeing that. You and I were still, you know, we're hanging out at the time, I think. Didn't we? Didn't yeah, we, know we, each other did, back we then? did an episode on that. Oh, that's right. Remember, we talked about how Villaraigosa, all leftists that he was, knew this guy's caught on national TV and there's no... Well, you can, you can literally one. see the old guard to the extent that he, that he was that old he guard. had the mask on, the old mask of we're reasonable, we're not communists, we're, we really believe in God, we're really conservative. No, but he really believed it. He, Antonio Villaraigosa, believed that the crowd would support him, and he had to veto the crowd. Remember yeah, this? Yeah, he thought the crowd would play the game. Right. You know, that we're on TV here. Let's not be what we really are. We'll save that for closed doors. And we'll, yeah, exactly. we'll, what do they call that in breakout sessions? Okay. They're right. Okay. So, uh, anyway, the veneer is off. And it gets more and more so. And then, uh, and, and I don't know, I, you ask your friends about this. Like, for example, there's a um, this dike march coming up. Um, I mean, it's already in, uh, in it happening. Happened. It's happening. Okay. With the Jewish flags. Yeah, so I'm going to get to that in a moment. But the dike march, first of all, the, the fact that they call it a dike march, it's kind of weird. I don't know what they want from me on that one. Uh, what are you What are you um, marching about? What are you protesting about? Yeah, and just so you know, they're referring to lesbians, and we don't use that term, referring to lesbians. Right. They're, to clarify, they are calling themselves that. I understand. That I know. I, yeah, I, I know so. you know, but I want to make sure that anyone listening knows I, we're not slurring. Yeah, we're not slurring. It's, yeah. it's their own reference. That's true. Um, so thank you. But I, I guess that's a good clarification. So you see this video where... Some of the organizers of the protest are now being confronted by two Jewish women, or maybe more than a couple of Jewish women, who are holding a gay, a gay flag, but it's otherwise shaped in the form of the Israeli flag, so with yeah, a Jewish with the star, star and David it. Yeah. Yes. And they want to go in there. It's, you know, it's, but it's got all the bright colors of the, the rainbow flag. And isn't this great? And it's very kumbaya. And we're all gonna, you know, you know, presumably black lesbians, presumably Native American lesbians, you know, lesbians of, of every flavor, is is going to be supporting yeah, the this. Diversity yeah. is our straight thing. Yeah. Right. Except for the the ones with the Jewish star on their on their flag. So they come in, and the organizers say, "You can't come in with that flag. All you have to do is get rid of that Jewish star." You know, it's like what. I mean, in other words, just make it a gay flag, and then you'll you'll be good. So, in other words, we don't want your Jewish identity as part of this. This, uh, I mean, even if you had, uh, you know, presumably Jews for lesbianism, Jews for dykes, whatever. Uh, I don't think they would like that either. They don't want anything uh, associated with Judaism. What they're discovering, these Jewish lesbians, is that your the Jewish part of you is. <laughs> Of the value, verboten. it's for well, it's, yes, yeah, verboten. <laughs> but the Jewish part of you is cr- crying out values. It's right. crying out standards. The, the the star of David, that's the Jewish, also called the Jewish star. The star of David, it, it, it you know symbolizes Judaism. And what is Judaism? Judaism is is a, is a certain amount of rules, a certain amount of standards that we live by. It's a value set that we cherish and we think is important for the advance of civilization. We are proud of it on the one hand and feel it's necessary to advance on the other hand. So that is what they can't stand. They, they, they will proclaim, oh, you know, this is uh, symbolic of, of oppression of Palestinians and such. But that's not what it's about. It's about the hatred of all things that, that evoke a standard. And that's what's, that's what's happening here. And I, I think that these Jewish lesbians must have this cognitive dissonance, this this internal clash within them that must be just so powerful, and they must not what to know what to do with it. I mean, what is more important to them, their lesbianism or their Jewish, their Judaism? Yeah, well, there's a little background that can I tell you about? Wait, 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 wait. Just one, it, one, it, one, it, one it, more it, thought, it, one more it, thought. Hold go on. Go ahead. They're... 
they're going into these particular women. I don't know about other, all the Jewish lesbians. I'm saying these particular Jewish lesbians going into the organization with a gay flag that has a Star of David on it. Uh, obviously, their Jewishness is very important to them, and they're proud of it. And they also happen to be lesbians. I think that's what's going on. And so she, they had a good confrontation, uh, and they actually videoed the whole thing, thank God. And the, the, the Jewish lesbians correctly identified, so wait a minute, so you don't any, you don't, you're not tolerating any Jewish dykes here. That's what you're saying, aren't you? And then they try to dance around that. The point is, to those people for whom Judaism is a, is a serious part of their lives, um, you're, you're in trouble. I mean, you're, you're going to face a cliff that if you don't see it coming, then shame on you. I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing for you, I think. Look, there's, what's the, what's the, uh, we, we have a mutual friend. I won't name him. Um, he's a father in, in our school. He's a nice man. He has two boys. And he is a developer. And he was a staunch, staunch Democrat. Used to mock me for my beliefs in conservatism. And then, of course, my, my support of Trump. Uh, and I would try to challenge him and everything else. And, however, he would constantly complain about city regulations that are really choking his ability to develop property and to, to, to rent meaningfully and otherwise. I think you know who I'm talking about at this point. And he just, you know, every time I would see him at the school after drop-off or whatever, he would bemoan this or that city regulation, this or that city council that he can't get through, these true, you know, these true believers that, that were thinking they were doing God's work. And I explained to him, this is what's happening. And every time he would tell me a story like this, I would say, gosh, I really feel for you. It's enough to make you a Republican. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I wasn't trying to taunt him. I would say, I'm surprised you're, you're not a Republican. Well, sure enough, after some time, very recently, I, he, he comes up to me and it says, I just want you to know, I've decided to become a Republican. I'm, I'm conservative now. In other words, he's finally, t he's either taken the red pill or he's decided to try sobriety or he's gotten to rehab or right. he's quit taking the drug. But here's my point. Yeah. Here's my point. I didn't say this to him, but I, and I, I welcomed him and I said, you know, good for you. Uh, but in my mind, in my mind's eye, I was saying, shame on you. Shame on you for only joining the right cause when it directly affects you, okay? So for example, I remember, I'll never forget the, the phone call that Dennis Prager received. He was talking about the death penalty and how important it is to have a death penalty, maybe strictly, you know, rarely enforced, but whatever, nevertheless, to still have it as a backup. And this one woman calls in to say, I used to be so against the death penalty uh, and now I'm so for it. What, what made you change your mind? ma'am. And uh, she said, well, uh, you know, a month ago, my brother was murdered brutally. And now I see the light and I'm for the death penalty. How did Dennis Prager respond? He said, shame on you. Only when you are directly affected. There are countless other brothers and fathers and sisters and whatever that have been murdered, not yours, uh, have been brutally murdered and raped, perhaps. And you still were against the death penalty. Only when it was your brother, somebody who directly affected, uh, was, you know, uh, when it was directly affecting you and your life, your family, that's when you joined and you realized how, how important the death penalty was. Shame on you. And she was, she was caught you know, completely with her flat-footed, as they say, because she expected Dennis Prager to welcome her with open arms. And he said, yes, you're, you're in the right position now, but the way you got here is... is Totally inappropriate. It shows you have no sensitivity. You wait until something bad happens directly to you. That's when you become a conservative, on, at least on that issue. And the same thing is true with our mutual friend that we're talking about. Um, you know, it, the, the truth is that city governments were constantly abusing uh, business owners all the time, but it wasn't abusing him directly, or at least he didn't feel it directly. Only when it happened directly to him, that's when he took action. That's when he decided that he had to take a stand. Same thing with affirmative action. Same thing with um, you know business, small business owners, when they suddenly realize the, the, the cramp that they suddenly have on, on their issues. And, and then um, 
these lesbian um, uh, gay, you know, sorry, these lesbian uh, Jewish lesbians. You know, my guess is that ultimately a couple of them will go conservative. You know, there's plenty of gay conservatives. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went conservative because they realize how disgusting their own team has become. So, and if they do, I would say to them, shame on you. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Oh, I, mean, I, I would, I would welcome them. But would, and it's, and wait, hold on. What? No, no, let me, I'm not done here. I'm saying they have to wait till it directly affects them. And, and that, that, that's not right. It's not right. I, I was a conservative before I was a business owner, <laughs> um, before I experienced, you know, uh, anti-Semitism of any kind. I, I, you know, I was, I was conservative. I was for the death penalty. You know, thank God nobody murdered anybody in my family. But, you know, I have the sensitivity enough to know that it ain't right at the end of the day. All right. So anyway, that's, that's my main issue. I, I just I feel it's disgusting that people uh, have to wait. They have no ability to empathize with the plight of somebody else. So do you have to, uh, for example, illegal immigration? Okay. One of the reasons why we think illegal immigration is, is wrong is because it leads to more crime, more drugs, uh, and uh, you know it, it competes with legitimate employment for other people in this in this country. There, there are many other reasons, of course, why it's not right. Do you have to wait until an illegal alien you know shoots your daughter before you're against illegal immigration? Yeah, right? if the culture is giving you X amount of information, that's bad. If the peer pressure around you is is a variable that's causing you to be this way, then yes, it does take that long. Right. I mean, I take real issue. If we have to argue, it's fine. I think it, it's a, a decent thing to argue. I think Dennis did a massive disservice to the conservative movement when he treated that woman like that. It might have made great radio, but psychologically, two things were at play here. Number one, does he want to win or does he want to be right? Okay? He clearly wanted to be right. He didn't want to win. Because people respond to rewards, not punishment. And if there are people on the fence out there thinking about being conservative who need to know that they're going to be welcomed with open arms culturally into the safe place to land by people who are willing to forgive them for their past discretions and not think we're a bunch of pious, uh, sanctimonious son of a bitches like their fellow leftists are. So when they leave their leftists, they're caught in no man's land. He did a massive disservice. All right. So he, and, and this is this is the point. Okay, I want to give a little background on the lesbians. This is important. Before the Dyke March, the organizers had announced that only Palestinian imagery would be welcome. Okay. And that no Jewish or Israeli imagery would be welcome. And out of an act of courage, those Jewish lesbians showed up with Jewish imagery and recorded how they were treated. That, was, guess, that was good. Yeah, no, I, look, okay. I, I respect those particular women. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't think they're realizing that they're, they're consorting with the enemy. Yeah, they were. They, they, they are. But now maybe they're not. And you know what? It's maybe, important. maybe, maybe. It's like if you have an alcoholic in your family who finally decides to stop drinking, the best way to keep them drinking is to say, well, I'm glad you finally decided to get sober. But you know what? Shame on you for not doing it sooner. Okay. No, but that, right? in that example, is it's fine. But what the concern I have is that you have to be against... You have to be against. Uh, you decide to to uh, to stop drinking after you've hit somebody with your car, and then you say, "Okay, well, you know, wow, I went I went really far, and now I'm in jail and and everything else, and now I see the wisdom of of not drinking when you're an alcoholic." I mean, that's that shouldn't be that point. Okay? It shouldn't be, but you know what? He, our values, our Bible, everything teaches us that human beings are flawed individuals, and what matters is what you do from this point forward. My, okay, so my point, and then I want to move on because my point is it's about. Empathy. Uh, the, the left constantly touts itself as empathetic when, in fact, they're very non-empathetic. They have to go through these. Uh, they have to experience horrific treatment themselves before they understand how wrong uh, liberal policies are. I, I have plenty of uh, liberal friends who uh, espouse all sorts of great things uh, on, on the liberal agenda, but they live lives that are completely inconsistent with their own beliefs. For example. They have security all around their homes. Well, they, they complain about guns. Exactly. Yes, of course. So, uh, you know, and, and then, and you made the brilliant point the other day about uh, how that guy, Scott Peterson in Florida, 
was uh, is now being arraigned or indicted for uh, basically for cowardice uh, because had he gone in with his gun, <laughs> capital capital G, <laughs> uh, capital U, capital N, N yes, uh, he could have stopped uh, this massive killing, at least reduced it substantially. And no, no, he didn't. So in other words, they're blaming him because he would be the good guy, the proverbial good guy with a gun to face off with the proverbial bad guy with a gun and at least, you know, prevent a, a tremendous amount of yeah. mayhem. And rather than proverbial, we might want to even use words. This is a criticism of you in any way, but I think it illustrates the point. We could even use the word actual instead of proverbial yes, okay. because this is an actual real life thing, you know. Okay, no, I agree with you. Actual is fine, right? but let's not get derailed. The point is that people get very focused on, you know, they, they don't, they fail to focus on the larger picture. They can't seem to empathize that, for example, affirmative action, uh, you know, what do I care? It doesn't affect me. I don't have anybody going to college right now, let's say, or anybody applying for a job. I'm doing just fine. So I'm for affirmative action. I'm for the little guy. But when it's their son, their daughter, who clearly gets ousted, who has a, a much better GPA, has all the great extracurriculars, has great sports, and then they're ousted by somebody who's clearly uh, much less capable and m much less well-rounded than they are to get into the top Ivy League schools, uh, you know, then they, then, then they would get offended, okay? It, you, you can't act that way. It's like the, um, that uh, abortion woman, um, the unplanned, uh, she did this movie, yeah. Uh, or she's the main subject of the movie, Unplanned, and it's a documentary, and it's supposedly a very good one where she was uh, a pro-choice uh, lady, yeah, Planned, Planned Parenthood director. She's one of the major players of Planned Parenthood, and then lo and behold, she she found out that it was so disgusting and their whole attitude and was so callous to life. Then she became pro-life. Okay, look, I'm glad she's pro-life now, and I'm glad the effect of her movie and, and how well received it was. But putting that aside, and I'm glad about the, the consequences of it, putting that aside, do you really have to, to be a, a Planned Parenthood director to actually be in the bowels of Planned Parenthood before you realize that abortion is murder? Do you really have to, to go that far? That, that's, that's the issue that I have, and I, I, I think... You know, it, it's it's one of the arguments. It's a good arrow in our quiver to say, do you really have to wait till somebody hurts you on that particular issue before you're against it? And the answer is yes, clearly. If we for, see for a lot of people, it, it is. If we see it over and over again, then the answer is yes. And, and my point to you, and I think this is an important point as conservatives to understand, is if that is reality— and that's part of the reality of how we have to understand that our arguments do not necessarily take in someone's mind and soul until they experience it for themselves, then that's just reality. I know, I know. I, I, look, It I, might I, not be right, but if it's reality, it's the way we can help I, win. But that's, this, that's not about, we're not talking about, we're not talking about just the facts on the ground. The facts on the ground are important, of course. I'm talking about what should be as well. Okay, and it's a mind. This is a, this is a podcast about philosophy. This is a, a podcast where we talk about how liberals fail to think things through, right? right. And we are. We, I like to think we're deep thinkers about these things. And and well, this you is. Are. <laughs> but this is a, a key point. And the, simply to say, well, good that that these people are being affected by illegal illegal immigration because now they might become conservatives. Good that this person lost his job because of, of uh, Democrat policies, because now they might be conservatives. That that puts every person into some sort of deterministic uh, pigeonhole, and I, I I reject it. I want to be able to say, look, you claim to be empathetic, then you should be empathetic for everyone, not just for yourself. Okay, you you want to be selfless, be selfless. Then understand these issues affect everyone very deeply. Imagine your brother being murdered. Imagine um, your uh, wife being uh, raped by an illegal immigrant or a drug cartel who suddenly gets your kids in, involved in, uh, in drugs. You've got to think this way. And I'm, I, I understand that people uh, change politics because of what happens to them personally. That doesn't mean that that's, that that's, that's the best way to go. I want them to think beyond that. And that's my point here, Ari. Well, can I, can no, I no, present one, a point? One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Um, the, the fact that these things are, are – this is one of, the things I, one of the things I love about being conservative is 
you know, is that we do th see the big picture. It's, you know, little kids, they don't have, they're not employers yet. They're not paying taxes yet. And yet, and yet, they're conservative. And what that means, and again, now I'm, I'm talking about 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, and so on, people who are uh, actually begin to think for themselves. Yeah, or and, even five-year-olds who want justice. Well, five-year-olds old are basically echoing, what, uh, parroting what their parents are saying. So I'm, I'm talking about 12 and 13-year-olds who do have the ability to process information and, and ability to think creatively and to think analytically. These kids are, are impressive. Um, the conservatives especially, because what they're doing is they're saying, and they'll argue, well, if you do this, then that will happen. Liberal kids don't, who, who espouse, let's say, pro-choice or whatever it might be, they don't think that way. They just want what feels good for the moment, and that's that. So big issues there. Going back now, I want to clarify one more point because uh, some listeners will say, well, what about the fact of the economy? If the economy does really well, well, then the, the, the party in power tends to win. Um, so if, so if the, and we, we've been talking about how if, in fact, uh, the economy is doing really, going to continue doing really well under Trump through 2020, then that's much more likely of a, a sign of his reelection than not. And, and that's... You know, look, it's a, it's a very shallow way of thinking. It's like saying that, uh, you know, well, you know, this person voted for Trump for, for whatever reason. He liked his hair. Okay? All right. Well, great that he voted for Trump, but that's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a very powerful uh, reason to vote for Trump. And it feels kind of like uh, vague and awkward to, to do that. You can't really run with that, right? You can run with something like... Okay, policies are in place which help America, which keep it more secure, makes us a better leader. There's greater freedom being uh, espoused. Those are the things that we want to believe are the reasons why somebody votes for president. Because after all, that's that's why we vote for yeah, uh, voted it's for good Trump. Good for them and for me. It's good for everyone involved, yeah. and it makes a strong right. America, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so what I'm trying to ex explain is, you know, leftist leftism teaches. That all that matters is what what matters for the moment, particularly what your feelings are, uh, right? So even even global warming. So for people who think that somehow, well, what about global warming? We're so self, we're so um, uh, selfless by wanting to the best for the planet and such like that. Well, in fact, it's just a ruse. You're, you're they're, all they're doing is they're tapping into your sense of feel goodism for the moment. It has nothing to do with reality, and and they're selling you snake oil. Okay, yeah, that, that's so, the end well, of the day. It's really just a the broader version of not in my backyard. Yeah. You're, you don't want that polluting car in your area. No, I don't. It yeah. didn't matter that someone else has to live near the mine to make that battery. Right. right. So more to my point about how leftists and, and even Democrats, for that matter, which are quickly becoming one of the same, that the Democrats routinely will think this kind of immediate impact sort of way, right? Because... Uh, you know, we'll give you a freebie, right? Uh, the, the Obama phone, for example, just vote for right. us. Right, pay okay? my rent, give me my gas, right? Right. Yeah. And and so good enough. That's oh, that's a good enough reason to vote. And of course, by definition, they're not thinking about the future. They're not thinking about what's good for the country. When the only reason why they vote for a particular person, a, a Democrat, is because you know he got a free phone. That's not the way we would want people to vote. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, that's if if you as a Democrat want to get people to vote for you and think that the best way to do so is to bribe them to do so, then that's a reflection that you're, A, that your policies are very poor. <laughs> I, I prefer right. you just say that your policies suck. <laughs> right? They're lacking, shall we say. Uh, lacking. <laughs> or that, two, that all you really want is power. Right? It's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the way to do it. You know, it's, uh, you know in, in war, you don't care how you defeat the enemy. You just want to defeat the enemy, right? Whether it's by guns or knives or hand grenades or tanks, just kill them, okay? I want to conquer this territory. I want this country for my own. That's, so you don't care that the how doesn't matter so Democrats much. Democrats just want to be reelected, like in California. They just want to be reelected. They don't care about the squalor of the state. They don't care. So instead of giving money, let's just say, and we wouldn't agree with this anyway, but instead of giving all that money to the health care for the homeless, they offer it to illegal aliens who they know will be registered voters. Right. Right? Okay. So let's not derail any further. But the point is that, you know, it's 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 classic uh, – one-dimensional thinking by the Democrats. In fact, it's instantaneous thinking by the Democrats. And 
I think Dennis Prager was right in a sense, not only to make them understand the dangers of the example of a death penalty uh, and why death penalty is so important, but also to get them to understand their whole way of thinking was wrong. That their the the left has taught individual Americans to think only of me, me, me. How does it impact them directly? And if it doesn't impact them directly, well, then it doesn't matter. So that's why, for example, when Obama suggested that uh, every American up to the age of 26 can still be on his parents' plan, everyone, you know, cheered like a, it was so crazy. Um, that's why when they talked about, you know, forgiving student loans forever, everyone cheered. You know, it, no, no consideration whatsoever about the impact it would have on the average tax, tax uh, pay, payer. Uh, that you know, when people talk about um, having, um, I don't know, universal, you know, uh, education, all those things, minimum wage, they, they just, it, when it slaughters a small business, uh, that's when they begin to understand that maybe what they what they were thinking is wrong. They just, but it, and it shouldn't be this way. We we need this is part of our podcast is we try to expand people to think beyond just that immediate thing. Um, you know, otherwise, you might as well just go out and, and just do whatever feels good for the moment. Eat that, you know, Big Mac, you know, right now. And, and nothing but the Big Macs. And just have sex randomly with as many strangers as possible. Okay, let me stop you right there. He and? And, and the problem with that is, Barack? Yeah, well, and? <laughs> I knew you would love that. Um, and, That's why I'm here. Yeah, and, and smoking doobies all day long. Yeah, and? Yeah, all right, all right. I'll, I'll do all three at the same time. So... And, and not working, right? I mean, and? <laughs> there you go. I'm giving you the ends. But those, all those things, you know, are very appealing. It, it appeals to your most base nature. No, it appeals to your most uh, consequence-free and lazy nature, right? And? Right? Yeah. But you it like does. The way that and was more hesitant. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oops. But that's but that's not what we want to do. I mean, it, it, and so it is a sort of a shame on you. Response, and I think it's an appropriate one. And what I like about being um, conservative is that we do think about these consequences. That it's not just about us. I don't have to have somebody in my family be murdered before I'm against the death penalty. I don't have to, um, you know, have uh, be passed over for promotion uh, at a job because I'm white and the person who got the job is is black to be against affirmative action. Or to, to see that it's wildly unfair. I don't. I don't have to be um, uh, somebody who works in a pizza place and who gets fired uh, to to say that I think minimum wage is destructive to employment. Yeah, you and so need, on. You don't need your bakery shut down when you refuse to uh, grant a totally inappropriate request for a customized cake to right. be baked. Yeah, yeah. It's it, yeah. I, and why? And why leftists would want me? Or you or that baker to make their food, right? right. <laughs> Other than their agenda to sue me, right? Exactly. That's what. That's all it is. Uh, and I and I shouldn't have to um, make a video about the greatness of America, which is then censored or banned before I'm against banning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the censorship. Of, of the censorship on, online, like YouTube in particular. So I don't. But this is so basic to me, and it's basic to you, I know. And this is this is kind of, in many ways, the fight that we actually are having. In many ways, the distinction between... When you're arguing with a liberal, a lefty in particular, that's really what you're arguing. Because you can say, until you're blue in the face, think about the consequences, how it will rob that pizza place, pizza owner, um, and, and how if you had a son and he'd be passed over for promotion or whatever it is or for the college and so on and all the things that we just mentioned. And he's thinking, doesn't affect me. I have no, no skin in that game. What's, what's the big whoop, right? Um, they could be for uh, abortion because, you know, frankly, they, 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 you know, his wife is now through menopause and there's no, no chance of them having a baby anyway. And frankly, they don't even have babies. They don't want babies. So what's the big whoop? This is this is the the mentality. This is what you're actually arguing with. Is my point. Now back to the veneer issue, uh, the mask being ripped off, as it were, and people are suddenly saying, "Aha! It 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 was I all along, and now it, it, you know I fooled you." You know, there's yeah, so many movies like this. For it except for the damn kid named Trump, but, right? But but the thing is that they're not even. I mean, it's. I, I was tempted to go with that Scooby-Doo analogy also, but it's not really a good one because 
uh, every time they pull off the mask of those people, then they're, they're eventually caught and justice is, is obtained and everything else is great. No, no, this is something more uh, akin to, I don't know, uh, somebody finally revealing himself to be, the, you know, the... The, the devil. The devil at the end of the yeah. day, and and now he's taking over, and we're all we're all slaves now. This yeah, sucks. Scooby Doo. We always find out that the the force of nature that seems so dangerous is really just something harmless. Right. In this, something pretending to be harmless is really like cyanide. Right. That we're all being fed. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit like the uh, the Simpsons Halloween episode where Conus and Kang dress up as uh, the then candidates. Uh, Bill Clinton and uh, Bob Dole, right? And they talk with their funny voices and everything else. And, uh, you know, then the election happens and they, they, they're forced to reveal their, their true natures and that they're really Conus and Kang. And it's too late, you know? It's, uh, you've given them power. <laughs> you've given them so, power. Yeah. So that's, that's where they want to be. Now, I don't know that they, whether or not they're actually unmasking themselves prematurely. I think they are. I think the American people are smarter. They begin that they, they see that uh, they've been fooled. They hate being fooled. Um, there are many Kanye Wests out there. There are many Candace Owens out there. Many Brandon Strocks out right. there. Many Brandon, oh, good example. Yeah. Uh, that, and those, is, he, is he the walkaway guy? Yeah. Okay. And and I was at the there was an event you went to or heard about last night. I went to one a few weeks ago that the same people were putting on where Strock spoke. And I had never heard his story directly from him. And it's exactly like an analogy and progression what that caller to Prager did. And that's why I sort of have an, a, a, a slightly different take on the way Prager dealt with that caller, which in the context was what it was. But um, the fact that we're welcoming Strock with open arms to our side, I think it's very important. Of course it's because important. Because he, it, it, he is doing amazing things. And the other thing, the besides the abortion movement and all these others that have taken off the mask, the media has taken off its mask. They're not even pretending to be objective anymore. Yeah. The bias is now naked for all to see day in, day out. Yeah. And that's a great thing. I'm glad that they're uh, exposing themselves for who they are, uh, of course. And that's part of the reason why they're fighting so strongly against um, anything that's beyond the Internet. Um, because the uh, Sorry, anything within the Internet, because... The internet threatens much more free expression, uh, you know, by bloggers and and podcast makers like you and me. You know, no one's stopping us. You know, God forbid. So we might actually be a voice that that might influence people, and they want to be the only outlets where they can influence. So they want to they want to keep it CNN and uh, MSNBC and NPR and New York Times and 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 the like. Uh, but. Anyway, so I, I don't want to get too too far afield from that. The mask is certainly uh, being revealed. I, I think they can't wait to reveal it. They're so you know they're like little kids who who want to go uh, you know right away into the pool into the ocean you know before they've they've put on the sunscreen or whatever it is they they, they just want to get there. Yeah, they want to run to the restaurant and eat dessert first. Right. You know, any any of those analogies of putting cart before horse. Yes. That you come up with, which is you know where we realize as semi-responsible adults, if you do that, things don't work out the way you right. want. In the they're end. they're chopping at the bit and they can't do it. They, they, yeah. It's just unwise for them from a strategic point of view. But eventually, they, they begin to re reveal themselves. At some point, uh, it's going to be very ugly. I think that. And this goes back to one of our podcasts where we made the bold prediction that not only that that Trump would do okay, but that he might even have a landslide in 2020 because virtually every group of the three groups that were involved in the election, which it's kind of an obvious thing to say, the Hillary voters, the independent voters, or the kind of middle of, middle of the voters, uh, and then the Trump supporters, those who voted for him tepidly and those for, vo who voted for him with great enthusiasm. I voted for him tepidly because I didn't know. I, I, the only thing I knew is I didn't want Hillary in the White House. That's it. It was good enough reason for me to vote for Trump. And then I prayed you know, that he would be a great, a great uh, president. Sure enough, he is a great president. In fact, it turns out he's one of the best presidents we've ever had. No, right? The best. The, okay. Based on prevailing factors. All right, stop, stop, stop. I, I so think so it's we're, we're moving. Yeah, you it's always think it's an important point. Prevailing factors, clearly the best ever. All right. I'm, I'm letting you say that and then I'm moving on because Move I don't on. want to get I got tripped to up. Say it. 
You know, you know what's really good about these podcasts is that it forces me to remember. I mean, it's exercising my mental muscles because I never know where Ari's going to go. He derails it so badly. So I have to kind of like remember, okay, remember where you were, Brooke. Remember where you were. And now I'm going back to where I was. Okay. So I wanted to say about how people, he's looking, giving this shocked look, this almost insulted. Don't, don't be liberal on me. Don't no, be upset. Okay. All right. So then I've got a cute joke for you because it's kind of emblematic of what we're talking about. So all these different groups, the three groups I just mentioned, they are all going to be tilting toward Trump dramatically. Every single one of those groups will be tilting dramatically. Those who voted tepidly for him, wondering, ah, you know, I don't know. I'll never vote Democrat, so don't worry about that. But I might stand out on election if I feel a Republican is so, so bad. Uh, but somebody like me and the Trump side is going to be super enthusiastic. I'm going to be knocking on doors. I'm going to be making phone calls. I'm very excited. I'm going to be contributing to the extent that I can uh, financially to the campaign. I want to help. I want to do, I'm, I'm going to be actively involved. And I think I am with so many other people who are just like me on the Trump side. Then you've got the independent voters who, you know, voted for Hillary or voted for Trump at the very last second. Okay. Proverbial last second within two weeks. They suddenly say, okay, fine. I'll vote for Hillary. Fine. I'll vote for Trump. Uh, all of those guys are going to be voting for Trump now. All of them. Okay. They, not one person who voted for Hillary on the tepid side of Hillary is saying, boy, do I regret my vote now. Whew, what was I thinking? Right? And certainly <laughs> um, nobody who voted for Trump um, is saying now, boy, I really wish I voted for Hillary. Nobody. And then you've got these people like these Jewish dyke you know, uh, participants, lesbians, who are, are getting hit with reality about what their side really is like, the, the unmasking situation, and they realize how ugly it is. You've also got our, our good friend Candace Owens, who was very much involved in the liberal camp and the lefty camp. Um, the problem for, the, for them was that she was too smart. She saw it so quickly, what they were actually doing, that it was a true veneer. Speaking about masking, oh my gosh, she unmasked she threatened to unmask she, without even realizing it. She was threatened to unmask all these. What do you call it when somebody fakes a Twitter identity? Uh, what a bot. A bot. bot. Yeah, yeah. So she she threatened to unmask the fact that these guys actually were faking all these, you know, supposedly conservative identities on Twitter, and you know, with all these racist uh, slurs and everything else, only to find out that in fact they were just Democrats pretending to be. Conservatives in order to, to demonize the conservatives. So when she threatened that, then and then they threatened her, saying, we'll, we'll, we'll expose you, we'll do terrible things to you. That's when she jumped ship. And she said, you guys suck. I understand the wisdom of conservatism now. And she's, you know, part of our team. She's awesome. She's part of Blexit. And now she's, she's really pushing Blexit. So there's going to be so many people like her who are seeing how ugly the liberal side of the camp is. Yeah, and then there's millions of people who didn't vote either way. Yeah, but good point. Today they have a job. Yeah. Today they now have a family. Today, because of this guy in the White House with the funny, you know, talking patter and the funny hair, uh, have done a lot better. And it's like both aspects of what you said earlier. They've experienced things for themselves and seen their neighbor do well, right. thrive. Yeah. That's and right. so it doesn't matter. On that point of view with them, whether it was their own values or the values of empathy for others, they've seen it, and right. now they will vote. Yeah, it's, 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 a, um, it's, it's, it's all lining point. up to be a big landslide. It is. And look, I mean— Oh, and, and having, also having the said, other side has nothing. That's, that's yeah, really that, helping yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and they're trying, to, they're trying to create something out of it with the whole Mueller uh, obstruction issues, but it's, it's not going to fly. People are just so sick and tired of this. That i, I got to tell you— I cannot imagine if I were to be a liberal uh, nowadays listening to this. And I'm hearing, I just, I'm reading people on Facebook saying, enough, stop. Okay, just, I'm a Democrat, but just for crying out loud, enough with these hearings. I don't want to see John Dean you know, speaking about his opinions about the Mueller report. Yeah. Just, just Can you please find a good candidate and give me an idea. Yeah, can you? It's like, are a, you going to are you going to give any any constructive ideas to uh, policies that you think will work better than what Trump has to offer? Just let's start that. 
can we do that, please, instead of trying to impeach him all the time? You know, P.S., I mean, it's like we're almost at the, uh, the finish line of, of, of his tenure. And this, I'm speaking from a, a Democrat's point of view who doesn't like Trump. You know, let's work to get him make, to make sure he's not reelected and that that'll be good. And then we're done. Right. And then there's no need for impeachment. If you want to proceed with a conviction later on, God bless you. But, you know, let's focus on making sure he doesn't get reelected. And all you guys are doing is just kind of going around in a you-know-what circle, uh, making yourselves feel good about pontific- pontificating uh, in front of your microphone. Nobody's impressed with it. Nobody's listening to you. Um, so good luck. Good luck. So I, I, I do think it's going to be a landslide. Uh, good, for, good for now as we speak. But, you know, I've been wrong before. Uh, but in these big predictions, not wrong. Yeah. No. Uh, we, we are usually right faster than we imagined. That's the only thing where you could say we've, we've gone wrong. They burned Notre Dame down faster than we thought they oh, would. Oh, yeah, for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah, oops. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, that Notre Dame would become a, a, a mosque, you know, with by the year, what was, and then by the year 2030. I said 15 years ago. Yeah. Sorry, 15 years from the year 2015 or so. Yeah. Uh, so, 2030. And uh, no, they, 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 they went much faster than that. They, they just <laughs> accelerated like, the just plan. Burned it, baby. Burn yeah. it. Uh, they, they showed that that uh, the Western civilization means nothing. That's another story. Let's not go there. Um, I, I just think that this unmasking, speaking about unmasking, it's just the ugliness of what the Democrats have to offer is becoming more and more palpable. Uh, whether it's through abortion, whether it's through the minimum wage, whether it's through the spying on uh, the campaign of, of Donald Trump uh, or, or the illegal immigration, how they're clearly just trying to overwhelm this country with massive illegal immigration on the theory that most of these people will vote Democrat going forward um, or to just otherwise seek the, the demolition of America itself, which yeah. I know that that's your, that's your uh, belief. And you might be right. I don't know. Yeah, but vote, it's one and the same because voting Democrat is the demolition of America. Yeah. So but, but <laughs> six when, of one, half right. dozen of the other. When they tout sanctuary cities and, and even now sanctuary states and, you know, no IDs for voting and, uh, you know, and then the transgender things and your yeah, the your public white, squalor of homelessness, it's, the garbage. I, I don't know where Democrats think that they are going to possibly prevail <laughs> by promoting more homelessness unless they think, or maybe they think that, uh, by promoting a whole bunch of homelessness, let's say in Los Angeles, which there certainly is, that somehow the uh, the population will more or less blame Trump for that because he's president after all. No, I've always thought it's a direct attack on capitalism to be able to show the squalors to say, don't we have to do something different? That's, oh, I see. That's how okay. I've always looked at it. All right. Well, it's uh, As I, I, because you know, my wife always says, well, they never do anything unless there's a power play. In hand. So what's the power play? I agree. Yeah. And I said, so, well, obviously the we assume the, there's an agenda. The, there's the, a purpose. The distortion I, of capitalism. Yeah. We assume there's a, there's a motive behind this, and now we have to figure what the motive is. Uh, so the who done it? That, that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Democrats. Yeah. But the uh, the motive is the interesting one, and the motive I, I think that's the only thing that really makes makes sense. Yeah. Whether or not people will actually um, come to that conclusion, like oh homelessness, therefore let's try socialism. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just well, don't if know. you look at the clock cycle of it, the yin and yang, if you will, homelessness and then the unmasking of them, the AOCs of the world saying, well, we have to get rid of capitalism now. See, it's not yeah, serving yeah. everyone. See, the, there yeah. is a clock cycle to it. Yeah, right? it's, it's, so. it's like the movie version of Dragnet, which we've talked about a couple of times, where uh, this priest who's uh, a very corrupt guy decides, you know, he's, I guess, the major deacon of some sort of church in, in Los Angeles, and he decides to create a cult. Satanic uh, a satanic cult, yeah. which you know creates great consternation among the whole city, and of course he, the deacon of this church, I think it's a deacon, he uh, of it's course televangelist. He, he decries yeah. this rise of cultism and he fights hard against it, and and it turns out that he's uh, you know he's he's doing both. He's he's controlling both sides of the equation, um, and then of course the Dan Aykroyd character you know unmasks you know the reality of what's going on and he's able to undo it. Um, but it's, it's fascinating. Uh, that, that's where I think they're beginning. That's what you're saying, AOC and otherwise, uh, what they're doing. I don't think AOC is smart enough to actually plan that no, out. No, she's the result she, of Yeah, she's the result. She's merely, a, she's merely a tool of it. Yeah. But 
you know, by any means necessary is truly their their uh, tagline, no doubt about it. Right. It's more George Soros' plan, but she's she's the 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 face of the reaction to what we must do to fix this crisis. George Soros is such a monster. I, I you know, if if you ever have a trigger phrase for me, that's it, George Soros. I know. I'm, I'm back He's, out of the room he's right such now. a bad man. Uh, and and by the way, when people. When, when people dare to throw at me, at me as a Jew, or to you as a Jew, uh, you know, oh, the only reason why people criticize George Soros is because he's Jewish, you know, and it's, it's a form of anti-Semitism. You know what? F you. All right? No. He the reason why the cr- Nazis. <laughs> the re- yeah, he worked for the Nazis, first of all. Secondly, well, indirectly. But, uh, but second of all, he's just a bad guy. Yeah. Okay? Jewish or not, he's just a freaking bad guy. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not, a, it's not a blight on all Jews. Of course not. We're Jewish ourselves. Yeah, if you read the Bible, there's a lot of Jewish characters who are bad. Right. <laughs> right. And there are a lot of Christian characters who are bad. It, and this guy is simply bad, Jewish or not. Uh, he's clearly seeking to undermine America. That, that's that's it, and Western civilization. You know, that's his parting gift. As as you know, I think he's in his 90s at this point, right? Uh, this guy's a monster. Anyway, I, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but we do need to unmask, and they are unmasking themselves at this point. That might actually work well for our benefit because they're doing it to themselves. And God willing, that will inure to our benefit. It'll very clearly um, draw the line between good and evil. Thank you very much. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. 